don't dream of being 96 years old and old and crippled and full of money in the bank. That's and dying. Right. That's not right. our dream death, right? Yeah. We want to go out in the blaze of glory, right? I want to go down mm-hmm. swinging. You're listening to the Expertish Podcast. Be sure to head over to iTunes or Spotify and tell Jay what you thought about this episode. Expertish is where you can learn how to invest from those who have, those who are, and have some fun along the way. Are you ready to start? Okay, today on Expertish Podcast, we've got Mike Hatcher uh, talking to us from Texas. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm great. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing doing well, doing well. And uh, just wanted to uh, start off with a little introduction, maybe tell us a little bit about um, yourself and how you, you know, got to where you are and developing your your own business and everything like that. Uh, it's just being my whole life, I've been an entrepreneur, uh, you know, and uh, kind of the example, you know, my grandfather, and my dad set before me. Um, the difference is they always... I ran businesses for other people um, mm-hmm. until recently. My dad owns a big company now, um, but uh, so I've just always kind of had a knack uh, for running businesses. I am extremely uh, self-motivated and also uh, to detriment sometimes a little hard-headed. So it's kind of hard to work for other people unless you find the right circumstances. And right. Man, God's God's been good. I've I've had some amazing uh, bosses in the past and, and just through a series of events, I ended up, uh, I guess about six, eight years ago going out and found something I love doing and, and just did it. Right on. And it's been successful since, huh? Yeah, it's, it's always, you know, uh, been pretty successful. It's obviously going to ride up and down with the, with the economy. Um, you've got to constantly adapt. Uh, which right. is kind of fun, you know, doing the same thing over and over for me, I'm ADHD. So like, even if it was super lucrative, I'd get bored and couldn't keep doing it. Uh, right. I, I need adversity and change. And so, uh, the economy and, and our society gives us plenty of opportunity to adapt. And, and so people willing to do that tend to thrive or at least have fun. Yeah. Or a little bit of both, right? That's right. You, you can, you can do both for sure. Absolutely. Well, how long did it take you then to get into, like you said, about eight years ago, you found something you love. How long did it take you to get that point of finding what was right for you? Because I think that's something that's overlooked sometimes. As you said, you can make a lot of money sometimes doing something that's just not right for you. Yeah, it's, you know, my story's a lot like that. So when I was in corporate world, you know, I ran luxury auto dealerships for a, for a family group here out of the Texas area. Um, and man, they, they paid me a ton of money. It was great. You know, uh, but I had a, a full bank account I had no time on my calendar for myself or, uh, family. And it just, it didn't bring me joy. Right. And right. so, um, I've always enjoyed the real estate. It's always been kind of a side hobby thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I love, you know, I've been some form of fighting my whole life where there's boxing in my youth or you know, in my adulthood, you know, jujitsu. And so just kind of combine the two passions, you know, and uh, right. uh, have a very successful martial arts studio. Um, and that's opened up avenues, you know, bought you know two pieces of property this year. And it's the success of, 
the studios afforded that, but didn't set out for that. That was not the goal. Right. I loved doing what we did and the mission we were and helping people. And like always, it just money and success is kind of a byproduct of, of doing that. Right. Right. And, and it, it kind of, I feel people stay more energized to be consistent with what they put into their businesses. If it is something they really care about, you know, because you can get burned out a lot more quickly if you just don't really care about what you're doing. Correct. I mean, that money can be a temporary motivator. You know, you'd see it, you know, and I've had it in employees, you know, you can ask them to sacrifice a lot of stuff and they would for a short period of time. And then eventually you need to be fulfilled yourself, right? You right. need the, the return can't just be your bank account. Um, uh, it's, it's like a relationship with your spouse. If you're just giving constantly and never getting back, eventually that relationship dies. Right. It's no different in the business world. Yeah. Yeah. Very true. I think a lot of people miss out on that. I think we all sometimes get trapped in it as well. You know, I definitely lose quite a bit of balance sometimes. And it's, I think it's expected a little bit when you're starting something new, you know, you put a lot into it to get it going, but if you just kind of stay heads down and don't pay attention, you can kind of go pretty far down that track, you know, go too far down that road. Absolutely. And that's, you know, it's funny because I had a meeting with two young kids from my church last night. And so mm -hmm. uh, after band practice, these two are wanting to start a business. And they asked if I'd give them some of my time and just kind of, you know, they were asking the right questions. They were asking the X's and O's. And I looked uh -huh. at them. And I was like, what's your why? Why yeah. are you going to do this? And how are you going to get fulfilled? And don't tell me money. that's not the answer because this is going to be hard at first. And so if it's not something you're passionate about, and you get fulfilled through success, then you're not, it's not going to be doable long-term. You're going to, you're going to quit. Um, because owning a business, starting a business, especially starting one from scratch is very hard, very time consuming. Yeah. And so it, it can't just be about money. And that's right. I, anybody I mentor, I try to reiterate that, you know, right. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of pressure too, because, you know, everyone else, anyone that you employ or any, any, whether it's clients, uh, it's staff, it's partners or anything like that, you feel the stress of making sure that everything's successful for, for all parties around it, you know? And I think that's something people overlook when they get into, uh, trying to start a business. Sometimes if it's their first one, they don't realize the stresses of you have obligations to people, you know, that you don't want to let down. Yeah, and uh, I tell you, in our society, one of the biggest things that limits people, and I see it, especially now, like uh, my kids' program here is huge, um, mm -hmm. but this fear of failure, like because the helicopter parent situation, the everybody gets a trophy mentality, like kids never learn to fail. They never, right. you know, mom or dad will never let them fall. They start to fall and they catch them, and yeah. I'm like. Man, you don't have to be like I was. I was a little hard on my kids. My three boys will tell you, you know, I was the parent that would push them down a little bit. Let's see if you get back, back up. You know, <laughs> right. uh, they're somewhere in between is a balance. But right. uh, when when fear of failing can can stop you from ever succeeding, and it can also make you hold on to a venture you should not keep holding on to. you got to right. learn to cut your ties and run because uh, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail. I I'll tell that to anybody. If you're gonna if you're gonna jump out there and try, mm -hmm. you're going to fail and just deal with it. Move on. Yeah. Yeah, learn, learn from it. Learn from it. <laughs> Do not repeat that mistake and go. That's it's part of the process.
that that's kind of been my mentality both uh, in the military and then in the business on business side too is anyone that i work with if if someone makes a mistake or screws up even does something they just shouldn't have done it's like okay once just don't make the same one twice you know if you screw up screw up big just don't do it twice in the same way you know yeah Yeah. but so many people it's hard for them they either won't learn and you see them you know just repeating the cycle over and over or they just won't ever try. They'll never get on the right. horse because they're scared of falling. Right, right. I don't understand that mentality. It's hard for me. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Well, that's a kind of a gift too, you know what I mean? To have the mentality that you do and probably part of, like you said, you had some good examples coming to that. So uh, now it seems like you're passing that along too in your own mentorship with, you know, probably the youth program there, your kids yeah. you were mentioned in church, so. Yeah, church, I, I look, you know, it's, I had a kid that I mentored and helped get here from Brazil and he'd asked me one time, you know, he's like, what makes you so different? And I said, the difference is I look for opportunity. We're at this restaurant one day and this lady behind the counter was clearly having the worst day ever. And she was being as rude as possible to us. And like, she's Hispanic. My Spanish isn't very good, but I try. Right. And so I just asked her, you know, if there's anything she needed in Spanish and tried having a conversation. And man, she just lit up and we carried on this conversation. and her whole demeanor changed right. throughout the rest of the line. And every time I went into that restaurant after that, she'd remember me, talk to me in Spanish, be friendly. And I, and I told her, the kid's name's Rafael. And I was like, look, you have to look for opportunities mm-hmm. to connect with you, right? And, and it's easy to go into that situation and be like, man, this woman's a you know, big B or you know, obviously having a bad day. Mm-hmm. Take the time and try to connect. Can I, yeah. can I put a smile on this person's face? And man, life's just better that way. You, some, yeah, cool really doors, some cool doors get open and, and you get to meet and meet and more importantly, hear a lot of people's story. I love to hear people's stories. Right. And I learn a lot through listening to that. And so connecting with people is, is how, you know, I, I've done that throughout my whole life. That's, that's huge. And, and you never know what struggles other people are going through, you know, it's never the same as yours. So we all like kind of live from our own perspective, but to open oh. your eyes and pay attention that, Hey, that it's not the only, only thing going on. Uh, it really does. Yeah. yeah. That brings a lot, but, but like you said too, that's, that's huge as far as the networking, not just like on the business side, but just in life itself and you be able to bring that little bit of happiness to her. And, and honestly, just hearing you talk about it, I'd say it probably brought you just as much happiness, being able to make an impact and, and kind of alleviate some of that frustration for her that day, you know? Yeah. She made me a fantastic burrito that day. So, I mean, it's a, <laughs> yeah. a classic win-win. We all wanted that scenario. There you go. That's what you're looking for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Hey, on the, before I want to talk a little bit about, you know, like you said, you picked up a couple more properties, um, this year and stuff but before that on your, growing your business, can you, cause as you mentioned earlier, we always talk about this on the podcast that, um, how to learn, you know, learn from the mistakes, learn from the failures, learn from other people's failures. So I try to share my many. Um, so can you give us one of your biggest hurdles or obstacles or failure in developing your business, you know, along the way? Um, in this particular business, uh, you know, it took longer to develop, um, mostly because I treated it like a hobby. So this business kind of started because I had a friend of mine from Brazil here who I was training with. 
um, he had a, a situation go south where he was teaching and he was like, you know, Biggie, I, I don't want to go back to Brazil. I love America, you know, um, can, can you, you know, would you be interested in starting a gym for me? And I was like, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. And, uh, but, you know, let's see, I'm not opposed to it. Just so you know, I don't have time for this. At the, this particular time in my life, I was traveling four to six months a year out of the country. I, I led a lot of mission trips. Um, had a lot of mentoring roles uh, after I'd left corporate world that I, I really enjoyed. That's where I really, I, I spent so many years grinding for money and, and things that didn't matter. For about three or four years after I left corporate America, I did what I wanted to do. And right. and I saw the globe and I, and I met different people and, and heard stories from different cultures. And so that was, you know, the deal. And, and you know, Hawk, he, he's like, look, man, I, I just feel like this is the thing. And I said, OK. And so we started it. And my best friend since we were in high school, mm-hmm. still best friends this day, well, he, he trained. He's the one that got me into the sport. And uh, he's like, look, you know, you know, Hawk and I will do it. And then you can still travel, do whatever. And that way you and I will have a business and we just have another reason besides fishing and hunting to see each other every day. And so we still, I mean, we see each other. I saw him earlier today, almost every day, no matter if we're at the gym or not, you know, I, I still get to hang out with my best friend of 30 plus years. That's huge. Um, yeah, it's great, man. And, uh, but early on, I really was, I took a step back. I just, I funded the gym. We got it started. Uh, kind of let them do their thing. And then uh, I was always kind of, my my mindset in America was, is if you were broke and didn't know Jesus, it's your fault. Uh, there's, this is literally the land of opportunity. So if you're broke, you need to fix you. And if, if you don't know about Jesus Christ and what he did for us, then that's on you too. Cause there's a church literally every 500 yards. So, um, and God's got a sense of humor. And, and so, uh, some really cool things started happening out of the gym, you know, a little local mission type situation. Mm-hmm. And that really got me sucked in. I'm like, Whoa, you know, this is, and it's funny because I've been arguing this, not arguing, but spirited debates with a friend of mine who has a, a worldwide mission organization who I did a lot of work with I said, look, we need to restructure missions going around and begging churches for money. And it is, is makes no sense. Let's, let's, let's make mission a business, start a business in these locations. And then you get to interact with people on a daily basis. You can really speak into their lives without ever speak. All you're doing is leading by example. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, we can really impact, you know, uh, duplicatable change because you can teach these young kids wherever you're at, take them up, mentor them, teach them how to run a business, give them something that they can provide for their family, and then tell them, look, we're going to invest in you. And when you're ready, we're going to send you out, help give you the capital to start your own entity. And I want you to duplicate. I want you to find local people in that area. And so it's funny, I was having all these discussions with Bruce and they weren't ready for change at that time. And then here God was doing this deal in Rockwall, Texas with this gym. And I was like always against local stuff. Mm-hmm. And 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 it, it became pretty clear where I was needed to focus. And and so that really got me engaged in the gym. And then because the same thing I was preaching to somebody else, I wasn't doing myself. Right. You know, was, you right. Know, because I thought we we're on American soil. Why? You know, 
And that was completely just naive on my part. Um, and then when I, when I relented and just gave in, man, the business just took off. Oh my gosh. You know, so many awesome things have happened that you can't explain. Yeah. Right. You could, you know, I, I was raised. My paternal grandfather wasn't an extremely religious guy. He, he was, but he's, Dude's, I mean, wicked smart. You know, I, I still have plaques. They put people in space. He ran the Apollo series stuff. Um, this guy was smart. Um, and he left me with a couple of sayings, you know, euphemisms over the life. And one of them was Seneca's quote, you know, luck is where preparation meets opportunity. And that's, and that's, you know, I've lived my whole life there. I am lucky, but you can be as lucky as you want. If you're not prepared to do something with that luck, it doesn't right. matter. You know, right. you, can, you can say, I want to be an investor. But if you have no money in the bank and your credit's crap, I mean, short of winning the lotto, you're, you're not ever going to be an investor. It's just right. That's that preparation piece that so many people miss. Yeah. And, and taking a first step, it's, you know, because um, I hear hear people talk to uh, just about other other people I know or even like, you know, any business or any business owner or something. Sometimes like, oh, that person's lucky, you know, this situation helped escalate that. And and that like you said too there there can be some luck and some fortune to things but you have to put yourself in a position for it and you have to take those first steps and you have to take those risks and be you know just put yourself out there and be there kind of like you know your gym thing you just your whole thing you described is just that you know you like hey i don't know if i want to you know start a gym but i'll be part of it okay cool and then just great things happen from it doors open and then you step through them so i think those are two huge things that i'm sure is part of your mentorship you know as well is hey you've got to be out there and you've got to take those steps and prepare and then you have to be willing to step through the the doors when they when they open for you you know because they don't stay open forever no you, know? <laughs> you got to take the risk yeah. I, I, I tell guys all the time said so look when's the last time a hot chick come up and ask you out it's not the way it works right Right? right. If it does, you need to be nervous. I'm going to warn all you guys. Be careful. But typically, you're going to have to take the step. You have to risk. Otherwise, you're, you're always going to settle. And right. like I said, you're going to fail. It's going to happen. You're going to hear no's. You're going to get rejected. You're going to go broke at different times. You know, but you just get up, dust yourself off and move on. Yeah, that's huge. That's I mean, that's the biggest part. I always say that. Um, you can't really lose because I've been asked before, like, hey, what happens if like my business fails or any of the projects I try to do fail or things I invested in fail? And I just don't see that it can possibly fail because on business or anything in our life, there's unless we die, there's no there's no like bell. There's no end of the game. It's not like a fourth quarter. A whistle doesn't blow and it's over. So if you're down and you've lost everything, the game's still not over. Um, so the only way you fail is if you quit. So to me, that's just kind of a, a an easy question to answer. It's like it, it doesn't. I mean, unless you, I guess, if you were to die when you were all the way down or something, maybe that's a loss. If, but not really, because you still have all your experiences. So I don't even think that is. And even then, you went down swinging. Yeah, exactly. I mean, guys, come on, guys. Yeah. We don't dream of being ninety six years old and old and crippled and full of money in the bank. That's and dying. Right. That's not right. our dream death. Right. Yeah. We want to go out in the blaze of glory. Right. I want to go down mm -hmm. swinging. Um, you know, if I get to be the old man with a bank account full of money and and my kids and grandkids and great kids, grandkids all around me. Awesome. Right. But man, that's not it's not what I dream about. You know, yeah. and I think 
the first dream, the pursuit, the, the trying, the, the never giving up is what leads to that eventual, like my grandfather who's 90 something years old, still healthy, still gets around. You know, he, he gets to spend a lot of time with my grandson. So his, that's five gener his great, great grandson that he knows well. I mean, how many people get right. to do that? Yeah, that's true. That's Very living true. a life without fear. Just yeah. moving forward. Yeah, that's huge. That's huge. Well, what about, uh, you did mention before, like, you know, buying properties this year and stuff. So tell me a little bit about your investing and how that relates to your business. And uh, Real estate something I've always been into. I got in in 2000, I should have looked at dates. I just shredded all this stuff. Uh, like 2003, 2004, I started uh, flipping mm -hmm. and acquiring rental properties. And so oh. typically I would have to flip three to four properties to end up with one free and clear. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I was doing that. I was doing that while I was still, a, I, you know, as, as a young tradesman. So I did paint and body work and mechanic work. Been doing that since I was 13, 14. Um, and uh, while I was still beating out fenders, I got into buying real estate and I was like, Hey, this is pretty, pretty cool. You know? And like, and I'm receiving rent checks, you know, I'm, I'm at the shop beating out a fender, you know, and I go home and there's, there's checks in the mail and I'm like, wait a minute, these people are paying for my asset. Hey, yeah. I kind of like this concept. I did, a lot of, I did a lot of reading, you know, uh, that's, you know, another thing I really encourage uh, people to read. I didn't take anybody's system. You know, right. I, I, I read Peter Lynch's book on investing. I read, uh, I like, uh, I don't know if you're familiar, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm -hmm. Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah. Uh, it's a good book on mentality. I read real estate investing, buying tax liens, but I, all these different things. And then I started trying. And then I right. built a system that worked for me in my area because my portfolio, my credit, my income, all these things are factors in what you get to buy and how you proceed, right? I had yeah. to be very creative. Like I, the first four or five houses, I had to move into them. Yeah, I would, I would get a, I, I would, I would get a lease on my current property, and then I would go buy my next mm -hmm. uh, owner occupied. That way, I could get it financed because I didn't have, you know, I mean, I was, oh my gosh, two thousand four, two thousand five, I would have been thirty. Mm -hmm. So, and I was making good money back then, you know, but not, I wasn't a hundred fifty thousand dollar a year guy, right? You know, so. It's hard to start getting multiple houses financed when you're making, you know, my wife and I combined back then probably made 90, which was good income back then. Uh -huh. But to justify, you know, two houses was kind of shaky. But then when I started getting three, four, five, it, you had to get a little more creative. Uh, but you could get it done. You know, right. and then I'd always put money down going in because uh, early on, I just bought them and put renters in them. Yeah. Um, and then about 2006, I quit doing paint and body work because I was making good money uh, on the flipping and then the, just my rentals. I, I I had a rule going in. I needed so much equity the day I signed the papers. Mm -hmm. And then I put my money down on top of that. So each one of them was, you know, three, four hundred bucks a month cash flow positive immediately. Mm -hmm. And then the way rents are and, and around here, they were going up pretty good. Um Within three or four years, you know, they were five, six hundred a piece cash flow right. positive. And right. Man, that's that's real money in, you know, mid two thousands, you know. Yeah. Especially when you you know, my peak rental, I had twelve going at one time. Mm -hmm. uh, but I got to where I was trying to flip 
So I would take the equity and flip and start rolling them mm-hmm. and try to get free and clear properties. So, right. and then, um, but it, it's, it's definitely doable, but it's again, you, you've got to go in with an understanding of what your goal is right. and then build an action plan. How do I get there? Talk to people, find people that who have done what you want to do and pick their brain. Don't be a pest, but man, offer to buy them coffee, offer to buy them breakfast. Like, I just want to hear your story. <clears throat> Here's what I'm thinking. Will you just listen to me and tell me if I'm, you know, pissing in the wind or if I got a shot at making this happen. Right. Don't ask your buddy who's never done anything in his life, who's <laughs> dreamed about it, who's that guy that's had a, if you had $5 for every get rich quick, uh, quick scheme he's had, you'd be rich. Don't ask that guy. <laughs> find the person that's done it. Yeah. And, 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 and just ask, ask for that. If you'd be surprised if you ask people for help, it, it, especially when it's just listening. Mm-hmm. Most people, especially I find usually the more successful people are, the more humble they are and the more open they are. Yeah. If they're, if they're trying to hide, uh, you know, or don't want to share, they're either just not a good person or they don't want you to find out. They really don't have what they trying to project. They have see behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah, don't look behind the curtain. That's right. <laughs> right. No, that's very true. I think I think that uh, you know I found the same thing that there's a lot of people who will, will share just freely, you know, information or just like li- like you said, listening and kind of sometimes redirect and stuff like that. But um, to you know, going back to your properties too, that because you took that leap and and put that effort in, you know, while you're still doing body work and stuff too that time frame, Texas has just grown so much since then. So again, you know, that's another of those things where people will say, oh, wow, you're lucky because Texas kind of blew up. And it's like, well, yeah, it's fortunate that Texas blew up, but you're, you prepared and, you know, because it, it's a win-win, like you were do you would do fine no matter what, you would make income no matter what. And then if, you know, you have a secondary op- op- opportunity when Texas, you know, starts really blowing up, then, great. You know, it just makes more. So I think, again, there's where the preparedness, you know, sets you up for that, that success as well. Absolutely. And uh, when you're seeking out the, <laughs> I love that analogy too, the, 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 the guy that with all the plans that never does any, yeah. Oh. I don't talk to that person, but I've been, I feel fortunate that I've come across and maybe um, tried to, and like, instead of collecting things, I think it's cool to collect people and especially people with uh, you know, the kind of creativity or just, you know, good hearted people, you collect those and make sure you keep those people around more so than worrying about the uh, money and the rest kind of happens. And I've been really fortunate in the last couple of years, um, meeting some people that are very creative in what they do, but also good people and also very driven, you know, so they're not, uh, like, Oh, well, Hey, here's an obstacle okay, crap, let's go around it a lot. And there are some great people who are like, let's figure out how to go over this. You know, let's figure out how to bust this down. Let's figure out different ways to do things. Um, you know, kind of like what you were saying with your mission mission project, like, hey, it doesn't have to be the way it always was. Some, sometimes you got to kind of innovate that, you know? And uh, those are the people I really, I mean, I appreciate everyone, but those are just so um, invigorating to be around and discuss things with. And, and uh, just come up with new ways to do business, you know, or new ways to invest. And, and that's what's beautiful about finding people that are like-minded as far as out of the box. So you will find some of your best ideas on on real estate may not come from a, a guy that's into real estate. 
I right. mean, if you read the case, I love doing case studies. And so, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who completely changed the dishwasher had nothing to do. He wasn't in the dishwasher business. He just looked at it and go, I think he was a electronics or IT guy. And he looked at it and uh-huh. said, it's dumb. Like, why would you have this mechanical knob and, you know, blah, 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 when you could put this little circuit board on there? I mean, look at guys like Steve Jobs, you know, he couldn't mm-hmm. build an iPhone. But he had a vision of what it right. should look like. Right. And he found the people to get it to make it happen. And that's when you when you have people that have vision and they they when you become friends, you know, like confidants with these people, mm-hmm. they will look out for your best interest. And a good friend will tap you on the shoulder and go, mm, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> And they'll yeah. also go, hey, have you thought about doing it like this? Like I'm I know nothing about that field, but just from a layman, mm-hmm. it looks like this could make sense. I can't tell you how many aha moments I've had from somebody who had nothing to do with what I was doing. Yeah. Because they had you that know? fresh perspective. You, it's yeah. like that step back perspective too, you know? And it's hard. When you're an alpha type and especially when you're already successful, that's one of the hardest things. And that's what jujitsu taught me because I'm a big guy. I was a good athlete, you know, even in high school, being one of the heaviest guys, you know. I went in freshman year, 245, one of the fastest guys on the team because I could move, um, you know, good athlete. But you come in here at jiu-jitsu, like, if you come in here and train, I got it. My 16-year-old boy weighs 140 pounds, and I put him against 6'6", 300-pound monsters all the time, and they just shake their head like, what the hell just happened to me? Mm-hmm. You know, humility is definitely learned in here, and that's something to take out in, into your business. I don't care what your business is. Be right. humble. You never know where you're going to get a great piece of advice or make a fantastic friend, make friends everywhere you go. And your life is just, it's, it's like Christmas every day because you get to hear some of the most amazing stories. Some of the stuff I've gotten to, you know, be a part of uh, is just unbelievable. And it's through making friends and stories, you know, it's out there in your neck of the woods, right? Mm -hmm. I've had a personal tour uh, off the midway when it was closed, Mm -hmm. right? From a guy whose name, if you go down the flight deck, Captain Southwick, who just recently passed, uh, is on the POW site. He spent seven years in Hanoi Hilton, flew missions off that thing, knew the planes personally. And I got to get a tour of the Midway with that guy when it was closed right. because of the relationships I built. And that's how do you, you can't put a price on that. I, and my kids got to be there and listen to this man's story and see what he went through and see the emotion on his face. and. Those are the kind of experiences in life. I don't care how much money you got. You're probably not going to buy them. It's not going right. to happen. And, but right. that comes through relationship building. It does. It does. And and some of the uh, some of the best, I don't know, I, I don't want to say hookups or, or best situations like that, a lot of times come from the people that other people overlook networking with or getting to know because um, a lot of times you don't know who the people are that can provide certain things. And, and that's not what you're going after. That's a whole difference too. You're trying to build relationships. So those things just naturally occur. Like, you know, you obviously didn't build that relationship for that reason, but um, a lot of people overlook, you know, uh, how important some of the relationships can be at all different levels, you know? Yeah. I, relationships are the key in business and in personal. It's mm-hmm. you, you, your life as a whole, will just be so much more successful when you have, those right relationships, wrong relationships can absolutely yeah. destroy you. <laughs> so yeah, you those two. <laughs> we all have. That's how you learn. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, uh, 
that that's the biggest takeaway. I, you know, I, I, when I mentor and try to talk to people, I, I have a passion for young people um, because our society doesn't teach them anything about money. I mean, sure. it's just, they're clueless on how money works. Right. Um, and then also just relationships and, and interactions, especially today's generation, you know, these ones that are coming to adult, most of their lives been spent thumb to thumb. Right. You know, they don't, the, the interactions they don't get, they don't get the connectivity, you know? And so, you know, I have a kind of a little quasi program. I've kind of, I have steps, you know, I've got one kid that just started and he's reading rich dad, poor dad right now, you know, <laughs> and I'm about to send him a link. There's some Ted talks I really like, uh, that are, you know, Brene Brown's got a fantastic one on how to connect with people. And I usually make everybody watch that, even though I don't, and that's, that's another thing that our society, especially today. Oh my God. They, if you're not all in with somebody, yeah, you're all out. Yeah. Like if you, I don't know if you know much about Dr. Brown, but like her policies and her thought processes are not mine. We're on different ends of the political spectrum, a lot of policies, but Man, her talks on connections with people is amazing. I mean, and so it doesn't matter that we don't align on all the stars, you right. know, but if that's a tool I can use and, and really help people learn how to connect. I'm not saying go study this chick in her, in her life and, and become her. I'm just, right. This is a great tool and use yeah. it. You know, and you never know where that's going to happen. Yeah. That's absolutely true. You can, I mean, I've learned, I shoot, just trying to mentor people. I've learned just as much helping out like a young person trying to think about this, you know, teenagers trying to think about business. I learned just as much probably as I can teach from them because it is a different perspective and it's that like uh, unbiased, you know, they haven't already been burned in a couple of things. They haven't seen the success or failure. So they're looking, it's like a blank canvas and you can learn just as much from them, you know? A healthy mentorship program should be that way. It, mm -hmm. If it's one-sided, it's not good. Uh, so whoever the mentor and the mentee, it needs to be both ways. And, yeah, um, you know, some uh, as I've been on both sides, I've had some great mentors. Uh, and, you know, the, the way a lot, a lot of times a mentee gives back is is by listening. And because and, it's, it's a big win for me when I see a guy that comes to me and says, now I have x amount of dollars now now i understand the mind so that's that's fulfilling back to me and there's also right. there's been times i've said stuff to mentors and it is very fresh and they're like i didn't even think about it. i've been doing this for 40 years i never thought about it right but the the downline stuff is man it's gold these yeah. guys i mean it's absolute gold and you know i i really think everybody needs four to five mentors i think you need a spiritual mentor I think you need a business or two mentor, you know, and just, and just life mentor, just yeah. guys that, you know, if you eventually want to be a family man, find that guy that has three amazing kids and an amazing relationship with his wife and just gets it. Not the guy, that guy usually is not the guy that's hyper successful, like business wise, right. he's usually more balanced than a business guy is, you know, mm -hmm. um, but you can learn, you take little pieces from those four or five people. And man, it can really build you a high quality life. That's very true. I don't think you get everything from any one person. And then also you can learn from bad examples or, and I don't want to say bad mentors or something as well, but there could be bad aspects of certain mentors or people that you know and stuff that you can learn from as well. Cause you can learn what you don't want to do. 
just as easily as you can what you do. It doesn't make them a bad person necessarily. It just means that like, you know, leadership is one of those things too, right? You can look and go, man, I just don't want to be that kind of leader. I don't want to have that kind of leadership trait or whatever the case is. And it's only a waste if you don't learn from it, you know, uh, all those relationships you can learn from good or bad. Absolutely. Well, man, that's a, they gave us a lot of, lot of good uh, information today. I love your passion and what you're doing. And I think that'll be heard through the podcast and hopefully people will, you know, kind of seek out their own, you know, and it doesn't always happen the first time or second time. And that's okay too. Um, you know, and your passions may change. Some people may do three, four, five, six different things successfully through their life. And, um, that's okay too. Yeah, that's I, absolutely. It's rare. I haven't seen very many people that just stuck with one passion. Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that's a higher probability of getting stuck in a rut. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, but the biggest thing is knowing what you truly desire. Um, and having the the stones to just go for it. Right. I'm not saying be stupid, <laughs> but you know, take that shit. Don't let fear stop you. you know, right. One of the things my other grand my paternal grandfather told you about, he left me a couple of nuggets, but he'd tell us all the time. I grew up my whole life hearing no good decisions ever made out of fear. If mm -hmm. you let fear make your decision, mm, you need to look at that. You know, yeah. Usually, if it scares you, okay, there's a reason why it scares me. Is should I stop and back up or Oh man, I need to I need to punch through this because this is there's something awesome on the other side. Yeah, and, and having the, the knowledge or the wisdom to go find somebody that has the knowledge mm -hmm. to find out what should I do with this? You know, should I punch through or or should I just go? Mm, this is a bad idea. Yeah, and if you've built those uh, same thing you said before, if you built those uh, that network of people that you trust and that that you admire, um, a lot of times those answers are right there, and it's so easy. And a lot of times they'll shoot i've had people kind of giving me uh, give me advice before i even asked because they knew like they could see where where something's going hey check this out you might you might enjoy this and then you're like wow that just diverted something that was probably taking me down that the path that i didn't want to go or wouldn't wasn't going to reach the goal i was looking for yeah yeah it's uh it, living life like that it's a lot like if you ever studied you know you know dave ramsey's mm -hmm. snowball effect I yeah. think that snowball effect is the same thing when we're talking about living this kind of life right. because the doors that are open, uh, the avenues to give back, just they just show up. You're not yeah. searching for them. I mean, you're always aware and looking for an opportunity uh, to give back. And I find that I end up receiving way more than I can ever give. But I'm not, a, I, I'm, I'm human. I'm not going to say I never look for an opportunity to receive. But right. most of my vision is how can I advance somebody else and right. through that you know robert ingersoll you know we rise by lifting others you know that's yeah. it's it's true but right. the i've seen time and time again i'm sure you have you've been around that those guys that focus on themselves girls mm -hmm. too that it's all about them and what they can get and where they can go sometimes they win mm -hmm. sometimes uh but they lose in life right they, they're bitter and alive i've had friends or people i've known not friends they're hyper successful they were miserable people Right. I, you had empathy for him. Like, I'm sorry, you know? Yeah. You got all that money, but your quality of life is garbage. Right. Uh, so. Well, that's uh, honestly, I, when I left the military and started uh, business, I started, which I got told was the wrong thing to do. Um, also, I started right away. I started with a team. I started building a team before I'd done anything because I knew that that's, that was 
my passion, my goals. I liked working with teens. And it also set me up where I had to put that pressure on myself where I had to figure it out, you know? So when you start like that and people, it's, you know that, hey, these are people I want to be around me. I care about these people, you know, and you, to what you just said, your focus on making them successful makes, you, you don't have to try to make yourself successful. It just happens, you know, to whatever level you want it to. But the more you focus on building these other people into, you know, the roles or whatever their goals are, yours are just going to come. And then it just seems a lot less uh stressful you're not uh, just focused on what you need to do or where you're going it just that part just seems to happen what business did you start uh this well, just the real estate the real, real estate, estate business after i retired so that was a new one for me um and kind of that passion was just came from where i'd invested before so then going into this one it was just clear like right away it had to be a team and it had to have that structure because that's what i enjoy being around you know nice did you retire out of the military? You did. I did. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Navy man. Yep. Uh, what's that? Navy guy. Yeah. Uh huh. Yes. Yeah. Twenty six years. So that was cool. But that that had that built in. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think that there's a lot that is done poorly in the military. But one of the things that I think is great is the fact that you transfer commands every three years or so, right? So kind of what you were talking about before, like sometimes you just get heads down, you get burned out because you're just going forward. Well, switching up every few years, if you just take 10, 15 minutes, even like if you're if you're going to a different command, if you're going to a different, like a, for me is aviation. So you're going to a different hangar, maybe it's across the street. So maybe you're not even transferring bases, but if you take 10 or 15 minutes before you check in to that next command to think about what you liked about what you did at the last command, what you liked about your leadership style or um, what you didn't, you just naturally make those changes. So you get to kind of start over and it's like, it's sometimes those little pause just a small pause. It is huge with breaking through of, you know, your development. So, you know, those being built in, I think are huge if you take advantage of it. And I think that's where, when we're doing our own businesses or things longer term, we still have to take those pauses sometimes and step back and go, Hey, am I still headed the direction that I need to go? Are there things I need to, to fine tune, you know? It's a hard transition for a lot of guys. We have a lot of vets. Um, I'm not a veteran, uh, but I'm a DOD kid. So, I mean, my dad still works that. on. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, my whole life, uh, my dad's whole life, you know, pretty much, you know, three or four generations were all, you know, did something, you know, that required a cat card, security clearance. And so, right. Um, but it, uh, you know, you see that transition. Military guys really struggle leaving their units. It doesn't mm -hmm. matter what brand. Probably Air Force is probably less impacted. You know, and I know right. you guys don't <laughs> like calling them the military, but <laughs> that's, that's the running joke, right? Well, you'll be in the military. Oh, you're a veteran? Where were you in? Air Force. I thought you said you're in the military. You know, so you already right. understand. You, yes, you understand. I understand. I understand. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, no, it's, 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 I love spooling you guys up against each other, especially my Marine friends against the Navy guys. And that's, that's all yeah. we do too. Oh yeah. I call them seamen. Yeah. You know? seamen <laughs> so -so. I was a Marine. I was like, what'd your paycheck say? You know, but, so, <laughs> right. but they, uh, you know, it's just fun. But that transition from the military uh, to civilian world is extremely tough. I see it time and time. The, one of the big things, uh, excuse me. One of the big reasons our gym is so successful is 
because we have that community. You know, they, they openly joke and call this the Rockwall chapter of the Corps. You know, we got a lot of Marines, uh, a lot of Army guys. Um, and so uh, that camaraderie, that sense of structure that they had in the service, when you get out, then you get out in the civilian world and it's, you know, there's not a lot of people wired, you know, even like me, I'm a civilian, but the mindset of, you know, we're in this together, where's the win-win, where, how can we work together, you know, which military doesn't always do well together, but right. usually within their unit, the units usually as a whole re run really well together. Yeah. And they get used to that structure and then they get out, out in the civilian world. And it's just like, they struggle, um, you know? And so, you know, that, that community that we provide here. And I think there's a lot of different ways to get it, but it sounds like you probably structured your businesses the same way where you, you call them teams. And, you know, I, I, I very much believe in the, in the military type hierarchy, not hierarchy is not the right. And I don't even give it no offense. I don't give it credit to the military because it comes straight out of the Bible. Right. Um, you know, leadership has, you know, you have leaders of tens, leaders of hundreds, leaders of thousands and, and, what kind of leader do you want to be? You know, I would say leaders of tens are managers, you know, and that's um, developing true leaders is very difficult because it's hard to let go. Especially, I mean, I, I'm very much an alpha guy. I think I make the right decision and my decision is the right and you need to do it my way. It's very hard to let go and go, look, all I want to do is get to here. Yeah. This is where we need to get and I'll listen to any, however you want to on how we get there. Mm -hmm. Just know at the end of the day, I get to make the call if, if I don't. So you need to sell me. Right. And uh, creating those teams and watching people flourish. That's that is what I do miss in the corporate world. Yeah. I the company I work for, we recruited hard out of good schools. We got some of the best and the brightest and it was fun. I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed investing in them and watching them succeed. And they would come to you with some crazy stuff. Um and, and, you know, give them enough rope not to hang themselves, but let's just see if they can go do it. Uh, and it was cool because most, my last couple of years, my job was really go play golf with manufacturers. And I had such a good network and team, right. you know, your goal is to make yourself obsolete. You should yeah. only do the things only you can do. Mm -hmm. uh, if somebody else can do it, you really ought to be delegating that and focus on, on, you know, the stuff only you can do. Right. And that's, that is very hard uh, for alpha people because we're it, doing it. Right? We, we want it to do hard. But once you see the success from it, then it becomes easier or, or it becomes you're more aware of when to do it, you know? And if you're somebody who really enjoys watching other people be successful, you get more fulfillment. I get way more fulfillment out of watching somebody I trained or mentored mm -hmm. pull off a deal that I didn't think they could get done. Right. And then I would have, if I pulled, I, no offense, I pulled off plenty of deals that couldn't be got. And mm -hmm. so I have, you know, a lot of confidence. And at the end of the day, if they ditched a deal, I had the confidence to go, you know what? I could probably put Humpty Dumpty back together again. Right. But the, the pride, it's like your kid watching your kid walk, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's the same thing, you know, and I'm sure in real estate, uh, with your teams. I haven't done big real estate like that where I've put together teams. I'm just now getting where I'm in commercial stuff and I've, I've got different guys that I kind of, we're talking about partnering on different deals. Mm -hmm. So my, you know, and one of those guys is a 
great dude. He's a West Point grad, so he's mm-hmm. you know he's definitely an alpha. But we we get along really well and, and communicate well. Yeah, uh, and so it's it's fun, you know. And that's you start chasing bigger dreams. Like, yeah. I mean, if he told me, like the the property I just closed on, I closed on one this morning, which is going to be a great deal. Uh, but the one I closed back in it's the end of September, maybe first of October. Um, man, this deal's a 300% return, mm-hmm. absolute, you know, thing of beauty that, again, that preparation, like had right. not been diligent and, you know, we, we definitely operate on a cash basis. We save, you know, um, that deal fell into my lap literally on a Thursday night and by Tuesday we were signing. Um, right. And, and if you're not prepared, it, it just never happens. Right. Um, and so, but yeah, it's cool, man. I'd love to hear more of your story sometime. I know this podcast probably isn't about yeah. that, but uh, oh, I know. Yeah, we'll definitely. Next time I'm in San Diego, I'll, we'll go drink a beer. I want to hear about, I like I said, it, I like sharing. Don't get me wrong. I'm all yeah. about talking, but I'm sitting here itching. It's hard for me not to just start asking you a bunch of questions. Like, hey, man, tell me about your real <laughs> estate deal. And because I, I love hearing other people's story. I genuinely, absolutely love it. Yeah, same here. Same and here. So, and, and, I, and I make some of the coolest friends and connections that way. And it's, mm-hmm. it's not a – I think it has to be genuine. It, you know, you genuinely have to enjoy hearing other people's successes um, right. and failures. I, you know, because, man, if I can learn – if you screw something up and I can learn from that and I don't have to go through it, that is a double win for me. No, a hundred percent. That's, that's one of the reasons we try to share all of our, like, Hey, I'm happy to share all my mistakes. So hopefully other people won't make them, you know, and then yeah. I'm thankful for other people that do the same. Cause I'm not looking to go out and create my own mistakes as well. You know, do you find it easier to talk about your failures than your successes? I do. Yeah. Yeah. yeah why is it? I mean, is that, I don't know. I, as, a, as, I a don't young, know. <laughs> as a young cocky guy, I would love to tell you about all my victories. The yeah. older I've gotten, I would much rather tell you about, man, I did this and you really shouldn't do this. You know? Well, you know, I think I think partly it's because that um, we go back to that mentorship part, you know, what you're talking about before we get we feel some real, true value and, you know, happiness from sharing some of these things. And I think I've realized that I've learned more through mistakes or screw ups, because if things just happen well, it goes well, you're going to learn a little bit. You're like, OK, you, you get conditioned that this is a, a successful process or decision. But you don't really analyze successes a lot of times. You just keep going. Whereas if you fail, you're like, "Well, holy crap! I don't want to do that again." What, like, you know, uh, that cost that cost me dearly. Like, how do I uh, avoid that? And so I think that part of it comes just that we know that our, our uh, failures were probably some of the biggest learning points. So if we can avoid those or help avoid those, then it just pushes people forward. You know, then maybe they'll make a different mistake from us and share that with us, and it's win-win. You know. Yeah, no, it's it, the win-win philosophy. If you, uh, I love to take that approach into every area of my life, um, mm-hmm. and I find that it's man, it pays dividends that you just can't measure. It's just, uh, you know, and if you go into business deals and relationship deal, you know, all those things with that kind of philosophy, right? You know, how, focus on being a good friend. You know, I've had plenty of people, how do you have such a great network of friends? I, say, I try to be a good friend. Like, I, I feel compelled when right. my, I don't, my friend doesn't have to ask me for something. If I know something's going on, I want to engage. Not, I don't want to insert myself and be like, right. take over their situation. 
But man, sometimes it's as simple as a text or a call. Just hey, man, I'm thinking about you. And, and man, if you need anything, just ask. And if I, because they know if I can't do it or I don't want to do it, I'll just say, man, I'm not comfortable doing that. Right. Uh, but as a whole, I want to be of assistance if, if at all possible. Mm-hmm. And it's not out of a, a sense of obligation. It's a sense I want to be a good friend. And in order to have good friends, you have to be a good friend. That's that's true too. That is huge. A lot of people forget that. I know there's times when I've like looked up from um, being a little too driven, I guess, towards one thing or another. And then you look up and go, man, like three months have gone by and I haven't, you know, engaged with certain people that I normally, w- you know, uh, and you got don't want to be that guy where people are just, oh, it never has time or something. So it's hard sometimes to balance that as well. You know, unintentional, but you got to pay attention to it. Especially if you're wired, like not everybody's wired. Like I'm the type of guy, like if, if you and I built a bond, like we're friends, what I would call a friend. Like we could not see each other or not talk for four years. And when yeah. I see you or, or we talk, we're going to pick right back up. Yeah. I don't think anything's changed. I believe it's very linear unless mm-hmm. something happened. You know, it's just right. going to like it's something in space. It's just going to keep going. <laughs> but a lot of people aren't like that. When you don't yeah. reach out or you don't talk to them or, you know, they're like, oh, well, he don't like me anymore. Or he doesn't care about it. So you have to know your friends. That's right? true. You have to know. Because there's people that need that every now and then, just a text every now and then. Hey, man, just thinking about you. Hope, mm-hmm. hope the family's good. Uh, yeah. You know, because not, like I said, it, it's, and that's part of that going back to being a good friend, you know, being right. intentional and trying to, uh, you know, keep those things alive. Yeah. Different people need different things, you know, from, from their relationships all around, for sure. Well, Mike, thank you so much, man. I really appreciate you taking the time today. And I, I definitely want to hear some more of your story, too. I, I I love the philosophy you have. I love the way you go about, you know, everything. And the mentorship part is huge to me. And I know you get a lot of that, or a lot back from that as well, I'm sure. Um, nothing more rewarding, is there? No, no. It's it's one of the, some of the best time I ever spend uh, is in a mentor. And it's, and there's times, like yesterday's prime example. You know, we were supposed to do breakfast, but between closings and, and I've got two uh, contractors working over the new property and just, it was Murphy law kind of day yeah and i told these kids i'm sorry i can't i just i can't and i hate it but hey when band practice is over you know obviously most people are going to be asleep because it's going right. to be nine o'clock at night ten o'clock at night uh i got time we can do whatever we need to do and we did right. we sat up there and talked for you know hour and a half two hours and tried to you know give them some key you know x's and o's mm-hmm. uh but as much as anything help them focus on that why uh give them some real uh, thinking material uh, to help them be successful. And, and I left invigorated, you know, it set, it right. set the tone for my whole day, you know, and it's been a great day. Like I said, closed off his property, had a great breakfast this morning, you know, and yeah. uh, so, <laughs> you know, now I'm getting to hang out, you know, like I said, I, I can't tell you how intrigued I am. I, I, I've been looking for a reason to get, you know, Newsom, whatever, <laughs> you know, loosen up the noose on y'all. Oh my I mean, God. I'm dying to get to Coronado. You know, my dad yeah. texted me from out there the other day and you know, there's a, a place out there. Their grilled swordfish tacos are like unbelievable. I don't know if you, you eat out there. Costa Azul. Oh yeah. Yeah. It used to be right on the main drag. Now it's down mm-hmm. on the beach. And yep. Oh man, I took a buddy of mine out there a couple of years ago and I've been telling him about these tacos and he's like, man, grilled swordfish cabbage. Like, what are you talking about? That sounds terrible. I said, that's what I said. Right. And I like, I, it's, every time I go into a restaurant, I was like, hey, how long have you worked here? Oh, you know, three years, four years, sometimes day one. Like, yeah. If they've been there a while, bring me the best thing on your menu. But first yeah. tell me what it is 
because you know I have some food hanging. Some limits. <laughs> yeah. But and she told me first trip out there, you know, ten years or whatever it was, and like you gotta have. I mean, she didn't even let me finish asking the question. She goes grilled swordfish tacos. And I look at it and I said, I saw that. And I'm like, cabbage and grilled swordfish and some kind of whatever. And she's like, trust me, if you don't like it, I'll bring you whatever. She goes, what were you going to order? She said, and I said, fajita. She goes, ah. you know, and I went, okay. And she <laughs> so, brought her. And I took one bite and I'm like, what just happened in my mouth? Like, these things right. are amazing. You know, and I had the same thing with my buddy Tristan, you know, a couple of years back. He, I've been talking about these things for years. And he's finally said, like, we're going to court. I want these tacos. Right. So we went out there, hung out, took him. And he was just like, oh, my God. Like, I, said, I don't know their magic. They, none <laughs> of the ingredients by themselves work. These things are delicious. Yeah. yeah. there's a You got to try. There's a few more. You come out next time. I'll have to get you to try a few other places, too. The same thing. But, yeah, that place is amazing. There's so I'm, many places I'm, like that. Like I said, I, I've been needing to get out there. And, and uh, now I'm just even more intrigued because, like I said, I want to I want to hear this story and uh, – I'd love to see what you're into out there. I yeah. just need—I got a lot of friends that train out there mm -hmm. in San Diego, uh -huh. uh, but obviously, you know, your your situation's a little rough out there right now. So, it is, it but is. hopefully, y'all get some freedom back uh, eventually. And uh, yeah, and uh, I'm definitely think, looking forward to having a beer or coffee with you, whatever you like partaking in. And yeah, those those whiskey those, beer coffee. I'm not a whiskey guy. I prefer my liquors clear, but. Uh, there we go. We can do that too. They're either one of those. Yeah, awesome. we're all good. But yeah, we're starting to, uh, uh, I think some people are starting to take some of that freedom back now. Not all places are closing down. They're just kind of over it, um, which I wholeheartedly agree with. Like it's sure, just no. gotten too ridiculous. So we, I told you I did that here. Like, yeah, I, I don't know if you asked, but like we had the mandatory lockdowns in March mm -hmm. and about six, eight days into this, I'm pissed. Like, I, you know, I mean, between, you know, what my family's done and, you know, what our forefathers did and designed for us, this is unacceptable. And mm -hmm. I met with my legal team and I was like, look, I want to sue everybody. Like, I'm done with this. I don't care what it costs, like, which I'm glad it didn't work out because I wouldn't have my new building. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, I would have spent every penny I had taking these guys to jail or to court. Uh, and my lawyers looked at me and said, like, you understand they haven't infringed on your rights. I was like, what? The Texas orders was all everything read should. And right. they put no onus on the owners of the companies. All the onus was on the individual. I, uh, I reopened immediately. And I was like, I've got several Texas Rangers. I got a bunch of ex-military. I've got you know, a lot of uh, firefighters and police that train here. And they're all like, oh, dude, we'll come. We'll come stand guard with you. Like we'll open, and we did. We opened immediately, and and our business grew. You know, mm -hmm. it's amazing when you give people choice. You know, my yeah. favorite line when people are like, they'll call and say, "What are y'all doing?" I'm like, "What do you mean we're doing jujitsu?" Like, and they're like, "No, but how are you doing it?" So look, you can go to ibjjf.com, and there's the rule set for the International Federation of Jujitsu and how it works and the rules you're allowed to do and not to do. That's how we do jujitsu. Right. Yeah, what about, you know, mask and quarantine? And I said, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. you <laughs> are at least 18, right? Yeah. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, I have 10 year old kids. Okay. Well, I just need somebody that's 18 to sign the waiver. Uh -huh. And then after that, you're the adult. You decide what's best for you and your family. Right. And everybody else in here will take the same approach and we'll get along just fine. 
Yeah. I have people in here that will sit off to the side by themselves. I have people that wear a mask and, but I would say 85% of them are all huddled together, talking and cutting up. And my business is up about 24, 25% during COVID. Mm -hmm. And and I credit it clearly to that approach. Like, look, you decide what's best. It's your family. You know, we had an issue where we had, we got exposed. You know, we had somebody that was asymptomatic who is a, a, a civil servant and because uh, one of his partners tested positive. He had to get tested. Come to find out he'd exposed us. We're like, crap. That was on a Thursday. This deal's moving super fast. We had like six or eight positives from that adult class uh-huh. by Monday. I shut the gym. I right. said, hey, we're going to give this 10 days. All y'all stay home. Let's figure out who's got what. And let's right. come back as a family, right? right. And, but I got to make that choice. Right. What's best for my – this is my family. These people mm-hmm. I want – I don't, especially at Christmas. My email said, look, I don't want one of our carelessness or our cavalier attitude to cost somebody their grandmother or because they didn't know. So I'm going to be fully forthcoming. Here's what happened. Here's when we got exposed. How do you want to proceed? You know, I'm going to be closed. We're going to open with a week until Christmas. But I would highly encourage you, if you're going to be around those that are truly vulnerable to this thing, Stay away until right. after Christmas. Right. Until you know you're not going to be around them. I'm not going to tell you what you do. You want to kill grandma? I, the percentages <laughs> are so tiny. You know, I understand people that take the risk, but I I would feel better if you didn't, you know, because I just <laughs> don't, you know, and it's not even a liability. My waivers are ironclad. I don't, there's no liability for me. It's just a matter of right and wrong. And, yeah. And so, when you well, take that approach and you give people the right to make a decision what's best for themselves, they're just you're going to be more successful. This approach yeah. of telling everybody what they're going to do and not do, and the places that are locking down and acting crazier, they're worse than the yeah. places where it's free, where the, yeah. the people get to make a decision what's best for themselves. Big time. It's crazy. Well, I think what you're doing too is uh, the psychological advantage for people, you know, mental advantage, because there's not every, like you said, hey, if you're around people vulnerable, hey, give it more time, come back after you're going to visit them for holidays. Some people don't have people to visit. Some people don't have that family and they need an outlet and they need that sense of uh, being with, you know, uh, like a family, like for you, you know, your jujitsu family or something like that. And I think that that can't be overlooked as well. You know, that's, that, was, that's a need as well. I was very adamant that we need to reopen for that purpose because mm-hmm. like my, my family, we're extremely close knit. 2020 has been hard for us. Yeah. Um, I have a sister who lives Upper West Side. I got sisters in DC, parents in DC. Uh, I've got family in East Texas, North Texas, you know, and normally <clears throat> Thanksgiving, man, Thanksgiving is not as big, but there's still 40 plus of us. They get together and have a big family and cut up and make fun of each other and love on each other. And at Christmas is nuts. You know, like yeah. everybody flies in and it's great, right? Um, but because of my grandparents' age and my aunt, who's their caretaker, like she's just taking a hard line, you know, period. Nobody's going to see them. Um, and my sisters that live in the Northeast are on a different side of this thing than I am. Right. Uh, you know, they, whatever the politicians tell them, they buy in. And I'm like, oh, family my God. like that too. <laughs> oh, I'm like, you know, and my sisters are, my middle sister, one who lives in New York, is, 
I mean, she's brilliant. I mean, she made a partner, at, you know, a, a massive consulting firm fast, uh, just unbelievably smart. And I'm like, you're a numbers person. Like you and I, you know, I, I, I'm like this idiot savant. I don't have many gifts, but numbers make sense to me. You know, <laughs> I can look at financial reports for Bitcoin and I can just see patterns and she's the same way. And I'm like, look at the numbers. Numbers don't lie. Remove the emotions, remove the BS, look at the data. And then let's talk about these decisions. And she, and she, like a lot of Americans, they can't, they just, yeah. they, they can't, you know, we can't remove the emotion. Uh, and it's, it's, it's kind of sad, you know, it's, yeah. I have my youngest son right now. We're studying Dale Carnegie's book together uh, yeah. and uh, how to win friends and influence people. And, and he still quote, one of the, still one oh, of the best books. Oh my gosh. Everybody should go through that and learn that book. And, one of the, in the, I think first or second chapter, he's talking about removing the emotions and, and making logical decisions based on facts and, and not feelings. Right. And I'm thinking, oh my God, everybody should have to take the Del Carnegie course. <laughs> you, know, I, yeah. you know, it's, that was one of the greatest 12 weeks of my life. I learned so much in that course. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and that's a piece I don't think we've touched on enough in here that I, I do in the mentor really push is investing in yourself. Always yeah. be learning. And I think there's some core courses and I think Carnegie's is one of them. Fine. You know, we have them all around Dallas. Uh -huh. I was blessed. My old company, man, they flew me all over the country, put me through all kinds of stuff. But um, that Carnegie course is, uh, you see, I believe in it. My 16 year old and I are studying it chapter by chapter and, and. I mean, I believe in it. I'm, you know, making him do it. And so, um, so think, many of those principles we just don't have anymore. Yeah. And I think that it's a great, uh, because it's a uh, fully comprehensive, it's, you know, the Dale Carnegie said, like, that's, that's comprehensive. And now it's like, uh, I feel like a lot of that's been broken up and now sold as NLP, you know? So now the neuro-linguistic programming stuff is, you know, which I'm not faulting that either, but it's like they find a way to break up what was all-encompassing and to... And simple. Yeah, simple pieces and to be able to monetize it, to be totally honest. Well, it's, it's always about making yeah. more money. And that's why, you know, when you get people that won't tell you, you know, we're talking about the people that won't share. It's because yeah. they want to find some advantage. They want to get some way to make money off of you or it or yeah and i'm like I, look it's not everything's field of dreams but right. a lot of things are right if you you know when i when i would teach young technicians you know and and we're talking about so painters body men mechanics all these guys are on commission almost everywhere you know in the continent of the united states and they and their commission back in the day was always and it may still be referred to that as on a flagship Man, I'd have guys spend 10 hours a week worried about their flagship. And I'd be like, look, man, come work your 40 hours, head down, and I want you to give me the best work, keep learning new techniques, and you fix every car. You do like your mom, right? And they'd be yeah. like, yeah, I love my mom. Okay, I want you to fix every car like it's your mama's car. You know, and if you'll do these things, trust me, the flagship will take care of itself. Quit it. The less you focus on it, the more successful you be. And eventually they would buy in and get it. And, and, and helping people is the exact same philosophy. I, I, the return is immeasurable and I'm not trying to measure it because it's not my goal. Right. I genuinely enjoy investing in people and right. you get back so much more than money. Money is, is just a, 
is such a small piece and it's a we need it right it's it's mm -hmm. an unnecessary evil or i mean a necessary evil um but it is what it is but money is not the motivating factor it shouldn't be you'll be more successful if it's not i 100 agree with that too 100 percent. that's awesome yeah. And also if you're, if the people that you do network and uh, people you work around or with are your friends uh, or become friends and stuff, it's kind of nice too, because you want them to be successful because when you do things that cost money, you want to have cool people around you doing those same, same things that cost money. So the better everyone, you know, supports each other and does well together. Um, just, I don't know, it's just better off for everyone. And the free sharely part, like you, you just mentioned again about sharing information for you, sharing ideas and stuff. Someone asked me one time about that because I, I, you know, I try to do that. I try to share whatever. Sometimes it's just even ideas that I haven't been able to wrap my head around yet. And someone's like, don't, why do you, you know, aren't you worried about like oversharing information or ideas and stuff? But I, I think like number one, most people aren't going to take action on things to just be totally honest. Most people, you could give them like this holy grail of, you know, an idea. It's still going to be there when I have the bandwidth to attack it myself later, most likely, you know, they're just not going to take action, but also they may have, like we said before, they might, even though they're not going to take action, they might have a missing little piece. that's like, Oh, you know, what would be cool with that is this, or this might help it. And so you never know when someone's going to bring you that missing piece by sharing what it is. And it's, and you may get to draw that person into your circle. That person may huh? become an integral part of your circle because you shared this idea with them. And they're like, wow, I love this. And I think I could really lend this to it. And they take the ball and run and you get to partner with them. Yeah. And then now, like when I'm in business with, you know, several of my deals, mm -hmm. you know, obviously my main business, my best friend of 30 plus years, right? Uh, you know, real estate deals or, you know, that I'm trying to get more involved with or with two of my extreme closest friends. So now I have a reason every day to get to hang out with the people I love. Right. And so I get to do life every day with people I want to be around, the people I choose to be around. Mm -hmm. And some of those people are in my life because through the process of sharing, yeah, we've made this connection. And I'm like, man, this dude's awesome. And, and he can push me. I love people. Like I look for people that are smarter than me. Mm -hmm. Like uh, I want people that are driven, that can challenge me. I love being challenged, um, you know, and the more people like that in your circle, you know, I, I have my circle of guys that are, you know, super intelligent. Some are, you know, the, the just the most amazing salespeople. You know, the guy I've talked about a lot, you know, Scott, you know, 30 years. That dude's loyal. I mean, I've got, I'm lucky. I probably have five guys, maybe six, that I could pick up the phone at two o'clock in the morning and say, hey, I need you to bring a shovel and meet me at this spot. Here's the coordinates. They won't say anything, but okay, give me however much time it's going to take to be there. Yeah. And if you have five or six of those people in your life, mm -hmm. your life is golden. Right. And if you don't, yeah. you really need to self-analyze. If you don't have two or three of those people, you really need to reflect on your life. Right. Now, I'm not saying that you want to be making those phone calls in the middle of the night, yeah. but man, <laughs> it's like the warrior in the garden, right? It, it, it's, it, I'd rather yeah. be the warrior and you know stuff hits the fan and I've been gardening my whole life, then the yeah. gardener that the stuff hits the fan and I don't have a clue what's going on. You know, when that yeah. situation arises, life's going to happen. <laughs> you're gonna have unexpected deaths. Somebody's gonna do something bad to you. You're gonna go through a nasty divorce. 
you, you pick it, something's going to happen to you. And if right. you don't have those people that'll show up with the shovels, you also yeah. don't have the people that are going to be for there for you in those times. And then that is a lonely, lonely time from what I hear. Thank yeah. God I have not had to deal with that. Uh, I, I definitely have I have one friend who that same analogy his his one caveat it was he's like hey I'll you know same thing like I'll show up I'll help you bury the body like no questions asked the first time second time I'll still help you but I'm going to ask questions like why, hey yeah, there's going to be a pattern <laughs> yeah like, yeah. like <laughs> one time I understand this is the outline but if this right. happened more than once you know. it's like yeah is this, is this what's going on but yeah, yeah no I agree you can't you can't put a price tag on that either you know those friends for sure absolutely man i this is we get we're definitely just got to have more of these conversations too even a podcast or not because i definitely enjoyed this and, and oh, I'm sure yeah, like I said, I definitely if i can't physically get there soon we're definitely gonna have to skype or facetime or something i definitely want to hear that story and but i'm definitely uh you know when, when my buddy approached me about this i was like i don't i'm such a jerry Maguire. get me in the get me in the room yeah like, i didn't know how i would you know, if I would even enjoy the podcast type style, uh -huh. he kept telling me you're going to be great. You know, um, and I'm like, I need people. I'm a people <laughs> in a room. Give me an audience, you know, uh, but this has been fun. And like I said, the hardest part for me is not grilling you. So <laughs> we'll give we'll give you the chance next time. It, well, it, you know, one of the things I'm like you. Uh, one of the things when we first set up the podcast, I got everything so that I could be mobile. My ideal situation was I was going to use this to travel as well, and then expand my network. So I would have come to you just to do this, and then see what's going on in your area. So unfortunately, uh, this year it's been a little bit more limited. But when uh, travels easier again, that's the full intent is to like, hey, I just want to travel around to the people I'm going to do this with and uh because i mean that's great too it just expands that circle even you know more so uh well we're not very sure we'll be one in person. Texas. uh so especially in my part of texas mm -hmm. like we're not limited at all uh those guys our county judge and mayor are tired of people like me and so <laughs> like they they have publicly said i don't care what the governor says you people just do you live your life we'll leave you your yeah and so right anytime you want to come down here I got definitely other people we connect you with and I'd love awesome. to show you around and, you know, take you hunting or fishing or whatever, whatever you're into. We, can, we got it all. Just don't let too many people, people uh, choke me out at the gym and we'll be all right. You know, <laughs> ah, we won't, nobody will choke you. They're nice. <laughs> Just kidding. It's all right though. I can, I can, uh, I can stand in as a training dummy for you guys or something, you know, Hey man, you're in the military. You're like me. I mean, here's, we all still care. It's the first line of defense, right? There you go. So, <laughs> I tell everybody when they're like, you know, I have a guy that came in here a bunch of times. Like, I want you to teach me self-defense, especially like three or four attackers. And I pulled my gun out. I was like, here you go. Tactic this one. Is, yeah. <laughs> this is the number one self-defense in the world. Yeah, deterrence, and, the best defense, right? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Get proficient with a weapon. You know, and, you know, that's my current shirt. You know, if you I don't know if you can see the whole thing, but oh, the yeah. 316 is a bullet. And underneath it, it says, in case I run out of ammo. Just so you know, my first <laughs> line of defense is going to be hot lead. So, right hey that's that's i think that's you got things lined up appropriately there right absolutely heck yeah well, man, awesome Mike. look forward to uh doing this in person sometime absolutely man thank you so much for sharing time with us my pleasure thank you all right <laughs>